Welcome to the Haunted Hangover Podcast. I'm Louie, and I'm joined by my bud, Chris. Hello, hello. So some some housekeeping, is that the term? Is that what That's, you Yeah, they start with the housekeeping. <laughs> um, so originally, we were supposed to have our two-year anniversary halfway to Halloween episode of the podcast, because as insane as that sounds, we've been doing this now for two years, but... Dave is having some technical issues right now, <laughs> so we've got to uh, postpone that to the next episode, unfortunately. Mm. Fucking Apple. <laughs> That's mm. <laughs> Fucking Apple. Yeah, he's having issues with his fucking MacBook Pro or whatever. I, I don't know. He had, he had some fucking problem, but he'll be back in our uh, next episode where we'll be doing a Q&A you know, celebration type deal for the two-year anniversary of the show. So if you want to submit a question, obviously follow Haunted Hangover on Instagram and Twitter. You can DM us there. Or you can email us directly with a question. Get creative with Have these some questions. Good ones ready. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking ask us what our favorite Halloween candy is because <laughs> we've answered that about 50 million times already. But yes, you can reach us at Haunted Hangover 31 at gmail.com haunted hangover 31 at gmail.com and submit something if you for some reason don't follow us on social media and haven't seen any of the posts that uh we've been putting up pertaining to the two-year celebration of the podcast and halfway to halloween because april's halfway to halloween and that's when we started it so that's kind of what the deal was with that anyway Moving, to, moving on to what we're going to talk about, which was a bit of a surprise recently. I don't Indeed. think either one of us you, you, expected this. You texted me about it. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. And, I, dude, I thought it was a joke at yeah. first. I didn't think it was a real anything. And that is the Guess 2 original soundtrack. Yes. Now, the Guest itself as a film... We haven't covered on the show. I think I've teased it like two or three times. Uh, I, I believe when we did one of our Halloween mixtape episodes because I picked the song from the original soundtrack. And I've mentioned it a bunch of times. My love for The Guest. It's one of my favorite films to come out in the last 10, 15 years. It's, it's top, high high on the list for me. And uh, I, I, we we do plan on covering it in the future, and and my my plan is this third year of the podcast we're going to fucking cover <laughs> the guest and dive very deep into the movie because of how much I love the movie at least. Now, Chris, where do you stand with the guest? Are you a fan of the movie? Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, I want to say it was the f- maybe the f- first movie I saw Dan Stevens in. If I'm not mistaken, because I, I mean, I, he might have been in like, you know, bit parts in some other stuff. Like, I know he was in like the third Night at the Museum movie or something dumb okay. like that. <laughs> but this was like the first movie he that I remember seeing him as the lead in. And part of the, a, a main part of the allure of the movie for me is he's so friggin' good in it. Oh, he's the that's fucking like, man in That's it. what the, I mean, it's called The Guest. So he, spoiler alert, is The Guest. That the title is referring to. And uh, he's just so good. He's so charismatic. He's so, he, you know, the way he turns and is unnerving and creepy and, yeah. and also like charismatic and kind of like attractive to people. It, he's just, 
he's all over the place and he really just nails that performance. And that's the biggest driving force for me that and the soundtrack yeah, are like the absolute two, two perfect pieces together. Make it. It's just a fantastic movie. Yeah. I can't think of honestly, anytime I see him in anything, I just think of the guest. (laughs) Just my my mind automatically goes to that movie. Um, I, dude, I remember now, if you don't know the, the guest was, was directed by Adam Wingard. It was released in uh, 2014, written by Simon Barrett. Um, both of them up until that point, uh, directed and wrote a horrible way to die. And you're next up until I think that, I think your next was what? 2013 segments in the VHS VHS. Yes, yes, yes. So they were, you know, up and coming filmmakers at that point like indie and i and they both come if i remember correctly from like the low budget indie horror world so it was kind of cool to see them kind of slowly getting involved in bigger films throughout it was also the first time i'd ever seen uh is it micah monroe mika micah mika yeah Uh, yeah that was probably the first time I'd ever seen her in a movie. That too, I forget yeah. if It Follows was the year before. I think It Follows was it first. Follows I the year that after, back. I think. Was it? I, I guess think it's it might 2014. Have been it Follows is 2015, if I'm not is mistaken. It? Yeah, I, I believe so. I don't remember. We might be wrong. We might not be fact-checking there with that one. But yes. I'm going to do that live right now. <laughs> around that time, she had these two films come out pretty close together. So she was kind of like this screen queen type deal. You know, within those two to three year, that two to three year period. But yeah, both those actors, that had been the first time I'd I'd seen them in Mm -hmm. anything. And and the movie itself, you know, again, we're not going to dive too deep into the original film because I do want us to to get a little to to get a little more to, to cover it well, well more in depth in the future. But I've always thought it was a great Halloween movie. Like, I put it up there with the original OG John Carpenter's Halloween. I put it up there with Trick or Treat, Night of the Demons. When it comes to Halloween-themed films, I think it's top tier. Personally, just my opinion, you know? And I've seen people, and it might even be Dave, who doesn't think the film has that much Halloween atmosphere. I disagree. And when we get into the episode in the future, like, Focusing on the first film, I'll get into that. But I just think it really captured the holiday in a more like West Coast, dry, Arizona type mm-hmm. way. Even though I'm from the East Coast, so I'm used to like cold weather, fall leaves there, and all that There's stuff. like a uh, like a California yeah. West Coasty aspect yeah. to the, the, like you said, the dryness of it. Yes. And and I think I I think it 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 feels right if that's... That's not the most descriptive way to, 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 to describe the way I feel about the movie, but it feels right when it pertains to Halloween. And like yeah. you said, the score, not the score and the soundtrack right. are vital to the guest as a film. Like you've got Survive on there with two tracks. You've got that song Antonio. The music in the film is almost a character mm-hmm. to the movie. And real quick... The best way, like the plot synopsis of the original film, because we're going to be focusing primarily on this original scr- soundtrack for part two, um, it's basically a family loses their son. He's in the army. He's a soldier. He Damn. dies. His friend or one of his friends that the family does not know comes to visit them 
because of love and you know he, he it's what he would have done like he it's basically a, a promise they made to each other like if i die you go see my family and vice versa you know he shows up he's sketchy there's something wrong mike and monroe's character i believe it's anna the Pearsons is the family and her younger brother luke are kind of suspicious of him mm-hmm. it's set around halloween Basically, you never really quite figure out what he is. It's pretty ambiguous, but you get an idea of what he might be. Yeah. And, you know, the, the whole film wraps up. And to me, this is probably the best part of the movie. It wraps up in a haunted attraction slash, slash Halloween gymnasium party. Like school dance deal. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's fucking glorious. Neon the music, everything. There's like a lot of like old post-punk goth music, which, you know, mm-hmm. Dave and I have talked about post-punk, how important that genre of music is to us. We love it. And it, it's just got a great soundtrack. And and honestly, dude, the the original film's music is always on my Halloween playlist. Like I oh, put yeah. literally the entire soundtrack, track by track, is, you know, it, it's always it's always on heavy rotation on my Halloween playlist. Like I just have to add it. And I've even picked songs for our like our Haunted Hangover Halloween mixtapes whenever we cover them yearly, you know? So I'm glad you mentioned the soundtrack because of how important it is to the movie. And now to segue into what we're going to be talking about, which is <laughs> the Guest 2 original soundtrack. Now, you, you talked about it briefly, how it was released on April Fool's, which yeah. was the time of this recording a few days ago. Right. Dude, initially, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. And I was like, ah, this is a fucking April a Fool's joke. You know, they like, oh, they're gr- they've green lit the guest right. too. Or well, something so we like should say, we should say that, you know, the, the guest, as much as w- you and I personally love it, it has a huge following. Yes. It's been one of those movies that people have been wanting a sequel to for years now, since the first one came out. There's. There's the, the the film ends in a way that sets yeah. up a potential sequel that has never been realized. So yes, this this was a a, a big deal, and the timing of it was suspicious. <laughs> yes. So so yeah, I, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I'm seeing several people post up. I think it was like a bloody disgusting article, right? Or yeah. Something. I saw it a couple times and I kind of was busy not thinking. I kind of scrolled past it and I was like, let me fucking read this article and see what bullshit. Mm-hmm. I know it's April fucking, it's April Fool's Day. I opened the shit up and I'm reading it and I'm, wait a second. Did they really make an entire original score for a faux movie that does not exist? And I did some more research and I was looking into it. And apparently what had happened was Adam Wingard, they had a, 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 a script treatment for what would have been the guest two and right. what they do with the movie. And since and I, I read I think I actually watched an interview with him and I read a little bit. Apparently it was like they've talked about it. And they've had an opportunity to do it, but obviously the career trajectory for for like especially Adam Wingard, he's like Hollywood now. He right, yeah, directed. Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, Godzilla versus Kong, which is a huge Hollywood film. So, you know, he's doing his thing. He's like, Why well, am I gonna go back to this smaller movie, I guess, is his frame of mind, you know, where he uh, where where he's at in his career. Yeah. But they they've they've juggled the idea of what this film would be. 
So since they're not making this movie, it's not going to happen anytime soon is what I took from what I read and stuff yeah. online. They decided since music was such an important aspect, and I even think he said in one of the interviews, and you should definitely check it out if you haven't, he says like uh, it was like a mixtape for him, the guest itself, hence why all the music being featured in in that film. And I always relate to that as a filmmaker myself, how important music is for me. I always add mm. artists and their music and, and score and stuff like that's so important. So I always gravitate towards towards that anytime I see it, a filmmaker talking about music and, and stuff and such. So they basically got a bunch of artists to write music themed to scenes, I'm guessing. Based on this, this treatment. On this treatment, yeah. Because when you read, and we're going to run down the uh, the list here, the track listing, but they they basically did, they, they, wrote, they wrote, they used scenes again and bass songs around them, and they created original art Yes. That hints. Fucking rules. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) Which hints at what the movie was about. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the the artwork. Yes, there's a lot going on. Now, I thought it would be fun to talk about two of our favorite tracks Mm -hmm. on the soundtrack. What we think the plot of the movie would would be and what we would come up with just by Looking at the track list, what you can what you can glean, what you from, can get, from yes, this. what you can get from the titles, the the cover art, and just kind of where this crazy ass because the cover art, if you haven't seen it, looks fucking wild. Yeah, it's when compared it, when compared it really, to it bugs me out that it's not gonna be a movie. It looks yeah, fucking dude, cool. for sure. Same shit with me when I saw it. I was like, fuck, this isn't gonna be a real movie. I was like, god damn. Don't fucking tease me like that, yeah. you know? And I'll admit, look, dude, I'll admit, The Guest doesn't need a sequel. No. It ends abruptly, and it has a really ambiguous ending. Very, uh, it's it doesn't end, really, technically. But seeing this, 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 this album and this cover art and these tracks really made me curious where the fuck it would go. I was mm-hmm. like, God damn, I am curious. I don't know if it would be any good. I can't front. But I was like, God damn. Why the fuck would you like basically fucking tease us fucking with cock teases with this shit? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. You know what I mean? It really like it the, the some of the stuff on this on this poster is just freaking cool. And and so and like you said, it ties to some of the some of the artwork titles, uh, some of the track titles, and we'll we'll talk about that because obviously, we, so we're going into this. We haven't discussed this with each other yet at all. So this is our <laughs> our first time doing this with each other. Yes. So we don't know <laughs> what the other one's going to pick song wise or what we think the plot would be. So, so you're getting you're getting genuine yes. reactions here. <laughs> You're getting genuine reactions. All right, Chris. So so let's let's jump into let's go into the titles of each yeah. song so that we can we can kind of see we'll just read them off and then we'll go into what we see in the artwork and then our favorite tracks and what we think this movie would have been.
All right, so let's start by just looking at the artwork for the guest too. Let's just look at it. So you've got a satanic cult yeah. looking situation here filled with like neon lights. Basically, you've got a circle, a rectangle, a triangle, sorry, a cross, two pillars on each side. One has what looks like a sun and a moon mm-hmm. on each one, moon, sun. You've got this cult leader holding a skull. <laughs> and the skull has three eyes. It does have three eyes. I was about to say, say that. And then you've got the rest of the cult all shrouded in hoods behind yes. this main figure with a black and white floor, like the square tiled floor, like mm-hmm. very reminiscent of like the 80s or like an old pizzeria or, or something like that. Then you've got the Anna character, very Sarah Connor-ish. Very badass. She's got <laughs> badass. like the, the side of her head shaved. She's got yes. weapons. She, she looks <laughs> like she's on a mission. Yes, she's got a fucking like Uzi Scarface Tony Montana yeah. machine gun, a yeah. knife it looks like, mm-hmm. and then a handgun in her like chest area. Yeah, like, like strapped on. Yes. Then opposite of her, we've got a dude in a Professor X <laughs> like wheelchair <laughs> mechanism. Yeah, it's a silhouette <laughs> and it's like a a a tank wheelchair. Sort of thing with the shitload of ammunition on it, He's and got a giant uh, gun or some shit. As as we as we go on, we're gonna talk yes. about what that is <laughs> or who that is. Who that you is? Can't, you can't make out who the fuck the dude is at all. It's completely just shadow, right? And then on top of all of that, kind of as God overseeing this entire scenario, you've got Dan Stevens, Dan Stevens' uh, character David, with a cowboy hat. Badass looking. Absolutely badass, badass looking. looking. And a nine millimeter type handgun kind of just holding it close to his face. Looking like a fucking, like you said, complete badass in the film. In in this yeah. so called film poster artwork. I want I want to touch on something, because you didn't yes. touch on it. And this is we're again, we're both just talking for the first time about this. Yes. I think that the guy in the front, the cult guy in the front, I think that's the little brother. Yes. I, I, I so in my notes, it, you look at I him closer. That. It looks it looks like the actor that that yes. played Luke. In my notes, I even wrote side note: the hooded figure looks like it looks a little like Luke. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I it's mean, not as you obvious. know, it stands to reason that he'd be a little bit older. But like, yeah. if you go by comparison of like you know his IMDb photo and what he looks like in the first yeah. movie, yeah. It it looks it looks like him. I I, I think that's you're probably probably right. intentional. You're you're probably right because I, I was... as it stands, you know, again going back to the first movie spoilers, Anna, Luke, and David are the only three of the cast that survive. Yes, their entire family is slaughtered basically right. in the movie, and the one dude that wants to help them, which I'm sure we're gonna get to him in a bit. He dies as well. <laughs> so, right. Carver so, dies. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of what's on the art. It's beautiful. It's all in the style of like painted artwork, very reminiscent of 80s artwork. Yeah. It looks artwork. very like, uh, like, like 
Drew Stusen, the guy who does the Star yes. Wars posters, yes. it's it's very reminiscent of that kind of style. That's a great that's a great just comparison, um, and it's fucking sick. I love the lighting on yeah, it. Yeah, I purple absolutely lighting, love everything about it. Which in the original film, you know, that whole ending sequence is all drowned in in just like it's drowning in in neon light. So I do like how they added that specifically into this poster. Mm-hmm. Into this cover, this album, I should say, not even poster. It's basically a fucking poster for a movie that doesn't exist, right? Um, art because it's it's fucking perfect. So now let's uh, let's dive into just the title. The, there's only there's twelve tracks mm-hmm. in this album. Each one of them is from a synthwave artist. I've talked right. about synthwave on on the podcast. Um, it's a very tired genre of music i feel it's a little oversaturated but i'm not gonna front the artist on this album they picked some top tier uh synth dark wave artists to be featured in this album <clears throat> because how about because of the ones that are in the original soundtrack survive right. perturbator survive, pops yeah. up there a lot of great you know synth wave artists in, are in that original that original uh soundtrack so okay so let's let's run down these track list uh this track list really quick so we've got Indent slash Swerve and Steer by the group Ogre Sound. I'm familiar with them. Uh, Steve Moore, who scored the original film, is back. Mm -hmm. And he has two tracks in this uh, album. The Guest Returns, which is a great title for for a song. Then track three is by, I I think it's Major, is how you pronounce that? Major, yeah. Major, and the name of this, this track is Love Extended. Then track four is Old Habits, Makeup and Vanity Set, which is a sick synthwave act. They've been around. They are like one of the, well, I think it's one dude, but Makeup and Vanity Set is like one of the best in, in the fucking game when it comes to this type of music, this genre of music. Then you've got Hardwired by Jordan F. Just Run by Ghost Cop, which I've heard of them as well. Then Adam Wingard himself has a track, because I know he scores some... I think he scored his Blair Witch film, if I remember yeah, correctly. I think um, so. And his his one little... It's a short track, so it's not anything too long. Mm-hmm. It's called Grim Showdown. Then you've got Carver's War Machine by John Bergen. And then the ninth track is The Core of the Night. I, I think you pronounce this I I know I know I know I know Yeah. Uh Inoma. then you've got yeah, then you've got the the track You've Got the Armory, I've Got the Time by Xander Harris. He's another dude. He's been in the game a long time with this type of music. It's fucking phenomenal. Um Heat Flow by Lone Runner. And then you've got the final track, David versus the Splinters of the Cross by Steve Moore once again. Who scored the original film? Now, Chris. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first. All right. You know what? You know what? Let's 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 not let's not do that. Let's not do that because I feel like going into our favorite tracks kind of goes into what we think this film's about. Yeah. So I think we should we should dive into it. I'm gonna go first. I think we should right, dive yeah. into. Let's hit it. I think we should dive into what we think the plot of yeah. this movie is and I, mine is very vague because obviously i don't fucking right. know there's there's stuff <laughs> we're not gonna know but there is stuff in this that kind of shows you 
where they would have went with this movie. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I, I forget where I read this, or maybe it was an interview when the first guest came out. One of their inspirations was basically, two of their inspirations was, what if The Terminator and Halloween, the original mm-hmm. 1978 Halloween, had a baby? Yeah. And when you watch The Guest, you see that. You see yeah, the influence absolutely. of those two films. Like, you can see it clear as day that those are two movies that inspired The Guest through and through 110%. Yeah. Now, here, here's my... my plot idea of where i think this movie would have gone so off the bat i think david instead of being the villain becomes the hero of the sequel in a in in the same way that the t-800 and the terminator was the villain Mm -hmm. in the original and in t2 he became the good guy yes i think 110 percent that's what their intent was that was the plan with the sequel to the guest they wanted yes. david to kind of flip and be the hero of the film or one of the heroes i, I should say right do you agree with me am, I, am I, I i do but i i i will go a step further to say whereas in t2 the t800 is like meant to be redeemed you know like the, yeah. the from the arc of the terminator from the first one yes i feel like david's heroism in this would be more of like circumstance in that he's still kind of this i mean still the same david from the first one you know he 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 killed the petersons but there's something out there worse yes david (laughs) needs anna's help or vice versa with yes yes so, what I'm thinking happens in this movie is I think the group responsible for creating this experimental super soldier deal from the original movie is more like a cult, and they're obviously called the Splinters of the Cross. Like, that's right. obviously the name of the cult. Now, either Anna... And her brother try to stop them alone and fail. Or like you said, Luke, the brother, is a bad guy. And he gets caught up in that world or some shit. Yeah, it's, it, that is a little ambiguous. That yes. I feel like they're, they're, you know, there's some stuff that you just can't glean yeah. from soundtrack names and a poster art. And I feel like yeah. the, the Luke thing is a little bit harder to, to, to tack down. Dude, I'll, I'll be honest. I was not 100% if that was him in the poster or not. Like, right. you yeah, telling yeah. me that you think it is him, I'm like, you're probably right. That That's right. supposed to be the brother. And maybe I was just not sure. I wasn't co- I wasn't confident in my assessment of that. Like, I think, looking at the I, again, like, only so because he's one of the only characters that survived. And, like, yeah. he's not anywhere else on the poster. So, you know, where the hell else would he be? That kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so basically, Anna fails somehow trying to defeat this cult and David and her team up in a way Mm -hmm. to stop them. And I think the character of Carver, I don't know fucking how he survives somehow comes back. I guess he's like half dead or a fucking Android now or something. Sort of like a cyborg, like a Terminator. 
He's like Professor X in the fucking X-Men animated series from the 90s right. because of that fucking thing he's in. Right. He so what we're saying all, is yeah. this this shadowy figure on the right side of the poster that's decked out in like uh, a heavy-duty wheelchair tank is yeah. a war machine, hence the title of the track, Carver's War Machine. Yes. <laughs> and and I, obviously I don't know how the fuck the film ends. <laughs> right. But, but I, I'm guessing that's the basic plot of the movie where the main thing on my in, in my synopsis or what I think the film's about, what I think the guest was about, is that David ends up maybe sacrificing himself heroically um, to save Anna and maybe her brother right. if he has like maybe he's possessed or some shit. Yeah, something. At the very the splinters end. of the cross group. There's, yeah, yeah. There's more to it, and so I would say you could even like you could make the case based on all of this that David wasn't necessarily a willing participant in these experiments yeah. in the beginning, and that's part of the reason why he is after this group in this, you know, because they, mm-hmm. you know, took something away from him in, in, in the sense of like his independence and humanity and whatnot. Yeah. Are there, is there now your synopsis? Is it, is it different from mine or do you touch some? No, some I think it's pre- like I said, it's pretty similar. I think the only thing I, you know, I would say it's more of like, cause there's a track that's called like old habits. So mm. I would take that to mean like, Maybe at some point Anna and David are teamed up and David is still killing and yeah. Anna doesn't like that or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, oh, well, fuck it. Old habits die hard, that kind of thing. So yeah. and, and you know, maybe midway through things kind of go south because Just Run and Grim Showdown and Carver's War Machine are three back to back tracks. And yeah. those all as titles sound like kind of defeats, you know? Yeah, yeah. And 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 going down the title the title tracks like even like when you look at <clears throat> like when you look at track one swerve and steer that's obviously the like uh, cold open of the movie right. maybe Anna's driving yeah to this cults this the, the the splinters of the cross cults you know location or hideout or some shit and she fails. And then, or vice versa, maybe it's David trying to stop yeah. them or, or, or do something, and he fails. And then it goes to the guest returns, which is the like title sequence or like the title yeah. of the movie pops up. I also think the the track "Love Extended" is kind of the the love because in the original guest, there's you know Dan Stevens is a, he's a stud you know what I'm saying yeah. like there's that scene where he comes out of the he's shower out of the bathroom, shirtless yeah, yeah. and she's kind of like woo wee you know he's a stud so maybe there was a little like and she's an adult in the guest she's not like a kid she's younger than right, him, right, right. but she's like 20 years old or something like that so it is completely feasible that there's some attraction and 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 romance yeah, there and, so and maybe that, something that track happens. sounds like it would be a, a slower, more tender like moment. sax and shit in it, like sexy right. saxophone. It's, right. it's almost like the, the the love scene from Terminator 1 between <laughs> Kyle Reese <laughs> yeah. and Sarah Connor. Like, that's literally what I'm picturing in my fucking mind. I'm like, okay, maybe they, like, hook up, like, after realizing that they have to, like, be on the same page and help each other out. Yeah, um, Absol- I mean, it's absolutely possible. Who and, knows? And, and honestly, dude, like, even going into it, and listening to it, I'm picturing what would happen in this like 
fictional movie that doesn't even right. exist. Yeah. Which to me, it shows you how powerful this fucking score is. Or this, oh yeah, this, for this, sure. This album is, um, and even and, and I and I even when you look at it, the final track twelve, David versus the Splinters of the Cross. Obviously, he's fighting someone else, and the Splinters of the Cross does not. That doesn't sound like a good guy group of people. <laughs> no, it sounds like it. Also, that I mean, that's that's the title of a big action sequence. Yeah. You can you can gleam that that's yeah. <laughs> that's there and uh, that Our one is the end of the movie. That's like the, yeah. the you know the big final set piece kind of thing. I do like that in this in this concept. Carver survives getting like his throat slit, and, yeah. And, yeah, and comes back as like a fucking cyborg or something. You know, it's 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 so interesting that they would they would do something like that, especially like. Even when you look at it and you know that information, even like we both know that's who that's supposed to be. Right. Because we're big fans of the original film. Like when you look at it, you can tell, yeah, that is him 100%. That's that character. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The dude from um, uh, John Wick. He's John the, Wick. The hotel. Lance, Lance Reddick. Yeah. The hotel. He's like the hotel front desk guy or whatever. Yeah. Right? The concierge or whatever to the hotel. Um, but let's jump into our favorite tracks. I'm going to let you start this one. What are your, uh, what, well, what are your two favorite tracks on the album? Well, one we just said it. The David versus the Splinters of the Cross. Yes. I I love that track. I yes. think it's awesome. I think it uh, has a lot of similar beats to the track from the end of the first one. The score. And they that's yeah, like the, the main score, score. The main score, right? It has a lot of similar beats to that, which I really loved because it's obviously keeping in the theme of that. Yeah. But you know, it like I said, it fits uh, an action sequence. It sounds like the scene, sure. the song for an action sequence. And, and I absolutely loved it. I've listened to that one the most. Okay. Um, like repeatedly yeah. over all of the other songs. That's definitely my, my number one track from this, from this soundtrack. Okay. What's the second one? I went with the core of the night. It okay. is, it's a lot more ominous. Okay. And I just, I feel like there's, there's something to it that it, it, that one in particular, really, I was like, huh, I would love to see this in action. Not, not to say what that I happens in that scene. Right, like, I would know love what to exactly, see what's what going on. What does the with core that. of the night mean? <laughs> yeah, because it, it sounds like a, the, 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 the song, the, the score is a very, like, it's very low, it's very yeah. deep beats. And, I would love to see what that would play to in the movie. Yeah, I could see that. It, it, it's it, and I think of all the tracks, that's probably the one where you can't quite pinpoint yeah. what exactly is supposed to be happening or assume or even have an idea of like the core of the night. What the fuck does that even mean? That's that's like is that a, a group? Why I picked is that, that like yeah. what is that? You know what I mean? So, and I do get that's one of the more uh, dreamlike pieces mm-hmm. of music if i remember correctly so so let, let's jump into mine i'm glad we did not pick the same tracks we did it <laughs> we did not pick the same tracks so good. that's good so my first favorite track is the guest returns and the reason why is because it's the main score like the main piece of music from the original film mm-hmm. but times 10 yeah i could picture that that's the t2 version of the score that's yeah. the term like that's the like 
more like there's more of an orchestra there's more to it it sounds meaner like the guest returns like he's it's fucking like, back it's, you know what i mean it's the cool bombastic badass version because when you listen to the scores i own the original guest soundtrack on right. vinyl and i have listened to it a million times that guest that piece of music is david's kind of like when he's thinking of something like when you watch mm-hmm. the movie and he's doing shit that's like his theme so i love how that's his theme but they just turned it to 11 and yeah. it feels like, oh, shit, like he's fucking back and some shit's going to fucking go down. You know what I mean? And I love that. Like, I- I'm literally picturing him grabbing, like, fire, like David grabbing guns and fucking Right, like shotguns. as an entrance scene. Yeah. As an entrance scene, it would be badass. Yeah, dude. And he's, like, fucking ready to fucking blow dudes away and shit like that. Putting, like, that, fucking, putting that cool cowboy hat cowboy on his head hat. like he's got in the yeah. photo. And just fucking, yeah. And just fucking destroying fucking dudes. You know what I mean? So I love... I love that. And my second favorite track is the track Just Run. And the reason why I like that track is because it's very reminiscent of the song Antonio mm-hmm. from the original film. So in the original film, at the end, and I might not get too into it, uh, the end of the film, that's a big set piece using that song, Antonio. And... I feel like this song, since there are there's lyrics, there's actually like someone singing over yeah. it. It feels like it would be another big set piece, and it adds a certain atmosphere to a scene, which is what I love, and that's why I love the first film. Like I love that there's another song that kind of fits, you know that that um that aesthetic, kind of that feeling, yeah. you know. And it would work for a scene like that. Maybe they're fucking on the highway on a, in a car or some shit, getting away from somebody, and then that's like I said. I feel like that's it's it's the sixth track at, at in the in the listing. So I yeah. feel like that would probably be about halfway into the movie, right? Yes. So I feel like, like I said earlier, that would kind of be sort of in the part of like where they get defeated and have to regroup, kind of thing, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it, it does fit with that. Yeah, and that fucking Carver shows up yeah. in a fucking tank. Right. <laughs> Yo, dude, honestly, and, like, I think about how ridiculous just the concept of this movie would be. Because, obviously, I think we're in the ballpark of what the fuck this movie would yeah, be about. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, any of our listeners that would listen to us and check this out, if they're big fans of the guests, I think we are in... Like, we don't have, obviously, have every detail, but I think right. we have been able to kind of pinpoint kind of what's going to happen but, in this movie. But I'm the sure thing is, like, too. the cool part about it is is the guest was such a, uh, I mean, yes, it's Halloween meets Terminator in that vein, yeah. but it was unique in the sense oh, that, sure. like, you didn't expect a lot of it. So as, as, like, close to accurate as we think we are, we could be totally fucking off <laughs> yeah. base, and it could be an entirely different thing. Yeah. And these concepts are are entirely wrong, which is cool. That's what that's what is cool about the sequel being this way, you know, yeah, like yeah. being just a score in the poster is there's so much room for interpretation. I wouldn't be surprised if David's just like the muscle of the group yeah. at first. Let's say he's like the guy that they send out to murder everybody right. and then he eventually has a change of heart cuz obviously yeah. he ends up fighting this group of people. So right. something happens in this in this script treatment, this idea for for a, a sequel where he has a change of heart or his character fucking flips. He I'd goes love from babyface to, baby to heel, heel to yeah. babyface, like he fucking 
changes, you know, what the fuck he is in the movie. It's obvious. It's obvious that that's the route they were going to go, you know? Right. But to kind of... Yeah, I mean, I'd love this as a a sequel. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. It's fucking awesome. Uh, But overall, dude, like the overall, like what what are your overall thoughts on just the concept of them doing this, releasing a soundtrack for a movie that doesn't exist, let alone a sequel to The Guest that doesn't exist? It's cool. It's cool as fuck. And like listening to it and, you know, you got to have an imagination when you're listening. You got to be imaginative and and listen to it in order. Fill in right, yeah, and fill in the gaps and and make this movie in your head. Mm-hmm. But God, like I said, I just I really wish that they <laughs> find some kind of way to make this an actual sequel. Even you know what, fucking make a comic book. Just like show show it. That's yeah. I want. I I'm more of a visual guy. I want to see more than just here. But I did love this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think the concept of an original soundtrack to a faux movie in general is amazing mm-hmm. but the fact that they did it for the guest just takes it up a notch like it just yeah it makes it even more special to me considering how like important the music was to the original film right. and i feel like this gimmick of original soundtracks or faux original soundtracks for movies isn't something that's been done but I feel it's the it's the start of a trend <laughs> that's gonna absolutely. I, if this is successful, dude, I could see you know us getting sequels to to movies, like getting soundtracks to sequels to movies that don't exist. I know yeah. synth. I know a lot of synthwave artists do that. They have conceptual like kind of album ideas that are supposed to be movies or soundtracks mm-hmm. to movies. But I think like an actual franchise that doesn't exist. For a series of, of like they could do the guest three and yeah. do a similar kind of deal, you know. So so I definitely think like horror fans, just film fans in general, should keep an eye out for stuff like this in the future. Because honestly, dude, like hearing this, I'm like, I'd fucking do something like that. Like if it's a movie yeah. I can't make, like obviously you can go the whole like podcasting route and have like actors read your your dialogue and just kind of tell a story. But right. an album, you know based on a film that isn't a real thing. So, so I definitely think people should keep keep an eye out or an ear out, I should say, <laughs> in the future because I can see, you know, faux copycats. films. Copycats. Not even copycats because it's, you know, it's a cool idea. But just faux sequels and faux films yeah. being brought to life in this format. This trend, yeah. Yeah, it's just fucking dope, man. So that was the Guest 2 original soundtrack. Be sure to subscribe. Like this video if you're watching it on YouTube. I never say that. That's like the typical YouTuber thing to say. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover. And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Haunted Hangover 31. And if you could rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More booze. Catch you guys later.